HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, May 4th. This is the 104th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guests are the founders of an awesome chefware line. I will introduce them in a moment. First, as we do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to know it's okay to admit your mistakes. Let's face it, we all mess up. We are not perfect, and things don't always turn out as planned. So let's get comfortable with this and, let, and not let missteps get us down. We can learn from quote-unquote failures and move on to create successes. Remember this the next time things don't turn out as expected. That is my tip today. Now, I'm very happy to have my guests here. They are Alex McCreary and Jenny Goodman of Tillit Chef Goods, gear inspired by cooks and chefs. Alex is a chef turned designer and Jenny is front of the house turned COO. Together, they founded Tillit in 2012 as the brand for chefs built with chefs, cooks, and hospitality peeps worldwide. Welcome, Alex and Jenny. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming out. I'm excited to hear more about how you founded Tillit. to start out, I like to find out people's backgrounds and even how you guys met and got involved in this crazy hospitality industry. So, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a long ride, but it's been it's been good. Um, so Jenny and I met in New Orleans. Uh, we were both working at um, Commander's Palace, nice. a legendary restaurant down there, and um, it was I guess winter two thousand four. 
Jenny was uh, a hostess, kind of classic combo. Totally cliche story. <laughs> totally cliche story. Uh, she was a hostess, <laughs> and I was the sous chef. And um, and yeah, that's. I mean, you can probably tell it better than I can. Yeah. So I guess, well, <laughs> Alex was in, you know was cooking as a sous chef, and um, and I was a Tulane student, and my senior year, and so. Um, I had been exposed to all the great dining in New Orleans, and I had a little extra time, so I was like, "Why not host us at one of the best restaurants, you know, in the country at the time?" So, um, so yeah, so that's where I started my my experience in the industry. I worked at Commanders for for a whole year, and Alex and I met there and and started dating, and now here we are, like ten years, twelve years later, and married and have a baby and a company. <laughs> so. Incredible! My yeah. my sister went to Tulane, so oh. I visited there, and I've been to Commander's Palace. But yeah, yeah. It's a great place. Uh, I love New Orleans. So yeah, yeah. it's it's fun. Um, so that's how I started. And Alex, you know, cooked for forever. Yeah, I cooked for for eighteen, twenty years, something like that. I guess now. Um, how did you get to New Orleans? Is I'm from, born and raised uh, New Orleans. Like, and, oh, you uh, are? Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. how cool. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in uh, Madisonville, Covington, north of the lake, and then went away for school, but then went back um, to cook and um, got another job before Commanders, but then my, my actual goal was always to be there to learn from kind of the, the legendary chefs that had gone through there and the other people that were working there at the time. Um, and they let me in the door after getting some education elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I stayed there for four years. Um, worked my way up from garmage, basically entry-level cook, um, to sous chef before I left um, to come to New York. So what brought you guys to New York? Was it a job? Well, she left a little earlier. So you can. She graduated and, and yeah. decided to get out of New Orleans. Yes. Um, so I had a corporate job for for my first ten years here um, until we started had a restaurant where I worked um, at Goods, which we can get into, and um, and then you know a couple years ago when we started this business, I transitioned into business school and um, and then working on the business side for for this, um, going back to hospitality roots and really enjoying being being back fully immersed. Right, and I I came up to do like a stage for the summer um, at Ariole. And I did that, and then at the end of 2005 was the, uh, Katrina. So there was nothing to go back to. There was no job. Commanders itself was closed for almost a year. Right. Um, so ended up staying, got another job as a, as a head chef, opening a restaurant. Um, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah, so that brings us, well, what br- brought you to then start a food truck? Um, that, that's a, <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot a of questions that went into that. It was kind of, yeah, it was something that just happened really. Um, Jenny's brother, mm-hmm. uh, was a partner basically. And, um, they had seen this empty lot on the corner of Metropolitan and Lorimer, um, and just saw a great opportunity for it. Um, there was nothing there. It was nothing but like a little yellow snowball, snowball. stand that had, mm-hmm. was basically deserted. Um, we took it and then we took the lease and then started to plan, which was, you know, one of our major mistakes was like jumping headfirst into this project without really any kind of plan. Um, did you set out, did you think you wanted to have your own restaurant, your own business? I mean, was that 100%. something? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a dream for forever. I mean, that's what every cook, I guess, wants when they start out in the industry is that one day that they're going to have their own baby of a restaurant. Um, 
and yeah. and this was our opening our dream. Um, we were actually, it was funny. We were actually talking earlier. So Goods was this, uh, as you know, Sherry, this mobile um, beast of a trailer, um, and we actually built it in this parking lot. We oh, really? Had forgotten? Yeah, in the back of Roberta's parking lot. <laughs> Before um, Blanco was back there, like it before was most of this before most here, of this, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, it was. That it was didn't in dawn 2010. on me until we were coming out here today that this is where that happened. Yeah. We were literally we had Come gutted the the trailer out here and we're building um, kitchen equipment out of cardboard to see how it would fit in inside the trailer. Um, but yeah, diverted away from whatever. <laughs> that question. Yeah. So you had so you had it was Goods food truck and you ran it for how long? We made it about six months before we realized that it wasn't sustainable um, as, as the business had been set up. So um, I think we quickly realized that, hey, we didn't do the math right. We didn't plan our operational costs right. This is never going to work no matter how many people we get in the door and we need to cut our losses now. Um, so we were lucky to be able to do that at the time and, and walk away. Yeah, we, we set out with, with really good intentions and really high hopes of what the restaurant could be. Um, and, and one of our major issues, you know, that that I'm happy to talk about uh, in hindsight was that we just we didn't plan really anything, um, and we worked from one step to the next, and we ended up getting so far away from what a feasible a feasible business was that it just couldn't operate. You know, we we opened um, in June, I guess, of, of uh, 2010. Um, Eleven, yeah. Oh, 10, You're right. Yeah, yeah 2010. Um, ran through the summer things were great you know business was good it was booming like it all seemed great and then we like literally sat down and we started doing numbers and we're like oh my gosh this is this is really really not working <laughs> we're we're continually putting money into something that we don't really have a good plan on how we're ever going to make money out of it the, the expenses were too high and and just a whole lot of things that just didn't add up in the long run um and then we ultimately you know all decided that it was you know, this is the time to pull the plug right away and get out. Um, and so we closed the doors in I, beginning of December, I guess, of uh, 2010. So a full six-month run of, <laughs> of our baby dream restaurant that had yeah, come alive. But, <laughs> but I think, I don't know, I do think things happen for a reason. And you learn, you learn lessons along the way. And, uh, you know, I think the restaurant business or the food truck business mm-hmm. or whatever, it's, it's really hard. It has a lot of challenges. But... Um, so when you left there, did you, I mean, what was the next step? Go back to cooking? I mean, how did you come up with this idea then to do a chefware line? Yeah, I mean, I, I went back to cooking. I was doing private at the same time, um, even the same time that we opened goods. I was a private chef and went back to doing that full time again. Um, and it wasn't really long after no. we closed Mm-mm. goods that the idea kind of came about and it was... It was really born out of necessity um, that I was a private chef in someone's home. I was the only cook. Um, so going in and putting on traditional chef whites and baggy pants and then going to Whole Foods to shop or going to Chelsea Market or going to Union Square and, and that garb just didn't make any sense to me. Um, here I am on the streets of New York City and you know I, I like clothes, I like fashion. Um, I'm not always personally the most fashionable guy in the world. I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of dude, but um, it just didn't make sense that I'm wearing this stuff and that there were no, literally no options for for nicer, you know, better fitting, more stylish clothing. So we kind of 
rolled the dice and went for it from there. And at the same time, we were sort of noticing a shift in, like, dining and how restaurants were designed even. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, everything started to become an open kitchen and the whole design of the restaurant and how, like, the ambiance really contributing to every diner's experience and not just in fine dining establishments, but also in casual, you know, thank David Chang and Mama Fuku for that when they revolutionized having everybody at counter seats and it really being, you know, a good casual good food experience and the whole restaurant being open. So I think that all led to a sort of um, perfect marriage of a time when, hey, we need better design and the the uniform because it's part of what everybody's seeing. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. And I remember way back in the day when I cooked a little bit and in kitchens it was always those chili pepper pants. Yeah. It was always like kind of tacky Tacky, yeah. stylish designer wear. Yeah, I had a couple <laughs> of pairs of chili pepper pants. So. It's <laughs> not, no not offense to whoever made them. I mean, but that was the, that was the go-to. And now, yeah. so okay, so you had an idea. Now, how? I mean, yeah, how was... did you do so? Did you find that seamstress? Like, how did this? Yeah. How did this come to creation? Yeah, there was you know there was definitely a learning uh, process that we. Um, decided having followed goods that needed to happen before we just threw our, our little bit of leftover savings in and went for it. There was um, a lot of research this time around. A lot of research. Yeah, yeah. We, I, was, I went to, like I said, I was doing full-time um, private chef, so I would go from um, shopping for lunch, cooking lunch. I would run in, into Midtown where I was taking sewing lessons um, in the top of some building somewhere. You were taking sewing lessons. Took, yeah. Good for you. I had no intention of actually sewing the clothing, but I just wanted to know. Yeah, to know. You know, what went in the process. Um, And I'm I'm not bad on the sewing machine. He can actually operate a sewing machine. I know people see (laughs) the sewing machines. They ask if I sew. I'm like, no, he does. (laughs) I'll hop in and hem some pants if I need to on on occasion. It's true. I've seen it. Um, But yeah, we did. We did that. And then we started small. We started with some samples. Um, We tested them with, you know, friends and, and other industry people. Uh, to kind of get feedback before we went any further and to see if, you know, whatever I had dreamed up in my head and we had talked about actually made any sense as a business. Um, And we were lucky, you know, being in New York City has been a huge, like, gift for us um, because the fashion industry is really accessible here. So we run our company not like a uniform company but like a fashion brand so we were really fortunate from the beginning to have friends in fashion who put us in touch with pattern makers who do things for like Philip Lim and all these great fashion houses and who put us in touch with manufacturers who do things for DVF and all these other people so um, and like Stephen Allen so everything's really well constructed we make all of our garments here in New York City and because of that experience we really got like a hands-on this is where our stuff is made we're seeing it we're learning it from the beginning and everybody was really helpful in that sense yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What about the name? The name Tillet comes from the word utility. We dropped the U and the oh, Y. Oh, okay. Um, we did the classic kind of um, whiteboard, entrepreneurial whiteboard <laughs> where you put all whiteboard the values and, and, and mission statement of, of your company and, and what you want to achieve and then try and find something from there that makes sense as a name. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. I think from the beginning, one of the things was that not only should the clothes look good, but they have to be durable and they have to be functional and they have to be utilitarian. Um, and we kept on coming back to that. And when we, you know, we started from the beginning, we, as Alex mentioned, we've always surveyed our customers, our potential customers, and what do you want, what works, what fits, and everything. It's always comes back to like that utilitarian aspect because we're a workwear brand. Um, so that was important to us to get across. 
Yeah, no, I I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know where it came from, but that makes that 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 sounds like it's the perfect fit, and you did your research on it. So, <laughs> very cool. All right, on that note, let's take a little break, and we're going to come back talk a little more with Alex and Jenny. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Okay, we are back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests are Alex McCreary and Jenny Goodman of Tillet Chef Goods. This is gear inspired by cooks and chefs. So when you launched Tillet, what did you launch with? And um, and then moving forward, what products do you have now? Because chefware can en- encompass a lot of things. Yeah, we, we like, like we said, we started really small. Um, we wanted to test the market. Uh, we wanted to see what people liked. Um, obviously, what they didn't. Uh, luckily, you know, the chef community is is um, very willing to share their opinions. So it was easy for us to learn and, and improve and adapt and those kind of things. We started with um, one pair of pants, two aprons, um, and a shirt. That's it, I think. Right. Um, and then we grew from there. You know, we we did you know one piece at a time. Um, we turn them over. We try and turn it over as quickly as we can, and into new and stay with the season. You know, one of the things that we that when we started, that obviously we saw that chefware hadn't been updated in 25 years, and so we didn't want that ever. We don't, and we still don't want that ever to happen to our company. Um, so we made this this you know 100% commitment that we're going to constantly be turning stuff over, and that if you know somebody finds something amazing that no matter how amazing it is, at some point it's probably going to be gone. We're going to be on to something that's even better. Um, so now today we have, I think we have two styles of pants uh, with two more in the works. We have um, probably eight different shirts, at least eight to ten different shirts. Um, coats we, we launched uh, last... Two years ago. Two years ago, I guess, we launched Chef Coats, and that was... An awesome experience. We we literally that was humbling experience. I would say because yeah. everybody has an opinion about the uh, the perfect chef coat, and that was something that was really hard to nail because we really we started with like an, a work shirt, right? Because everybody the other trend is like everybody was hated chef clothing so much that they were just wearing dishwasher shirts, and you still see that. 
Um, and so we started with, hey, there should be a nice dishwasher shirt because they're polyester and they feel like crap. And you usually get them from rentals and they're 17 sizes too large for everybody. <laughs> um, so so basically that was the first shirt we did was our, our collarless work shirt that was sort of a cross. And then the chef coat, and we probably took a year to design because it was so there, there's just it's such an icon. Well, and it's true. Everyone has their opinion, yeah. even uh, short sleeves, long sleeves, yep. you know, where it buttons, how it buttons, mm-hmm. I don't know, length. And, and also, I think, well, again, going back in the day, there wasn't a, a female-sized chef coat. It was like, it was yep. like the, you had to wear a big, bulky man's box. coat, mm-hmm. a box. Yep. Yeah. So do you have right. a... A female, yes, of okay. course. So that was that was one thing that was really important to us, um, and we get that question a lot, you know, because do you design for both men and women? And yes, but we don't make them look different. We just make the cuts better right. to fit a woman's yeah. body. So we yeah. actually our chef coat is the same aesthetically, but has curves for women. And we even went so far as to we have a like a D size. So for those <laughs> ladies who have trouble sometimes because they're a little a little more full mm-hmm. up top um, with the double breasted, we even have one that can accommodate flexibility and sizes (laughs) so let me ask my question i had from last week so i it was episode 103 with maria elena martinez she's a writer editor and co-founder of new worlder she wants to know chefware well she says chefware is having a moment with lots of companies doing interesting things so what differentiates your line from the others yeah, this is a this is a great question, and I think you know, we are hearing this more. And I think it's awesome that there are now options because, as we said when we started, you know, three years ago there really weren't many options for mm-hmm. chefs and restaurants, and um, so we think that that's great that cooks have have choices. Um, for us, I mean, I think it's that we're a full workwear line. We're not, you know, ape, there's so many apron options, but I don't feel like there's so many options of like head to toe. Like you can bring your staff to us with nothing but their shoes, and we can outfit everybody from head to toe. Um, yeah, our, our our kind of our goal with the company when we started was to make it a fashion line for for chefs, you know, and and basically we had these wild aspirations that one day Tillet could kind of do for hospitality what Carhartt had done for blue collar workwear, um, and we still we still have those aspirations and we're still kind of working toward it, um, but I think the big biggest differentiator for us is that you know we we, we do everything from you know. You, you can literally walk in our store with a pair of socks and underwear, and, and we'll have you hooked up the rest of the way. So we do pants <laughs> do and shirts and that? hats. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Cool. Sometimes um, we buy the whole look, yep. Yeah, and there's, there's I mean, we do tons of stuff. We do everything from, you know, a full hotel uniform to, you know, back to the aprons that are super popular amongst cooks and, and, and restaurants alike. Um, we just did a really neat one for... Um, these new guys that are opening up in Greenpoint. Um, oh, I'm, yeah. sure if I'm supposed to let it out or not, but it's, it's going to be a really neat restaurant. And they're, they're, they have these awesome uh, orange bow ties. They have white deli hats with uh, orange piping and then um, orange aprons. Orange bandanas for the women. Bandanas. So, like designed. a full full set of workwear for them that's, that's all so custom So it's customized design just for them? Yeah. 100%. It's, yeah. That's great. I've seen stuff. It's Hail Mary, and it's going to be in an old diner, and it's going to be super cool because they did, like, this whole this whole diner look. And, um, and yeah, we did literally, they said, these are our colors, and this is the aesthetic, and we did, like, head to toe. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's super fun. We're really excited for them to get open. That's great. Who are some of the other restaurants or chefs or people that were part of this, this uh, getting feedback process at the beginning? 
Um, we've had some great, some, I mean, we've worked with some great people. We've worked with a ton of people. We're lucky. Um, Contra was one of the first. Contra was actually our first custom restaurant account. Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah and Fabian. I've been spending a lot of time with them. I've They're been, wonderful. We've been, well, they were just at James. at James Beard, and I was also in San Francisco at the at the Worlds of Flavor conference, and he, they were there. They're super, they're super nice guys. They're, yeah. they're amazing guys. The, yeah. yeah. Jeremiah had worked with um, a friend of mine, Stephanie, that on uh, David Tannis' cookbook at some point. Oh, okay. Um, and so, so she introduced them to us, and um, they were when they were just opening Contras, it was, you know, they were gutting the whole thing and watching those guys, you know, work as hard as they do. Yeah. Um, and we decided to do something special with them, and, and they they had all these ideas of what they wanted for their apron, um, and, and they basically put that the contra apron that's our best selling apron. They put that thing together. Yeah, so we so. did we did one color for them. We did it in navy blue, and now we have I think eight colors that we sell the apron in, and it's our number one selling apron. So, um, you know, we were huge fans of collaborating, obviously, and, and hearing the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a showroom now. When did that open, and is that? And how do people find you or, or order? Do they do they go online? Do they come to the showroom? So both. So about half of our you know half of our customers are online, just individual you know regular customers through e-commerce, and then the other half is really designing and working custom and doing you know full workwear for people and and working with them like we just said for for the, the diner client and with Contra. So um, so we do about half and half, um, and our we do have a Lower East Side showroom in the city and um yeah and so people i don't know people find mostly it's been online word of mouth i think social media has been really kind to us um and just getting out there in the industry yeah we started we started in our living room um we ran there for two years and then um we opened the showroom a year uh, ago yeah june i guess of of last year we get we get a good amount of traffic we have people come by and we're doing a um we've got a new space in the basement and we've got some sample sale exciting stuff coming up. So oh, yeah. we're gonna do a sample sale at the storefront uh, of the building. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> oh, I have to come by yep. see it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. That's progress. Big progress. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. We're we're lucky. Yeah. No, your your products. I mean, from from meeting you at Journey and seeing what you've done, and I mean, they're they're really well made. They're stylish. It's it's a it's a really super awesome brand and i'm very happy for you that that you're doing it thank seems you. like thank you can't wait to see see what what new options you bring out because i'm sure you're gonna have lots coming out down the line yeah spring uh spring summer line is starting to drop now and then um we'll turn it over right away again and yeah. basically kind of the same mentality that, pe- that the chefs are having with their menus you know they want to keep it fresh and they want to keep the diner excited and so we want to kind of do the same thing for them um keep it fresh yeah so do you ship worldwide, nationwide? Yeah, we do. We're all over the place, yeah. So we, we ship uh, nationwide, we ship worldwide. We have some of our biggest accounts are in London. Um, we've got restaurants in Malaysia or Bangkok, France. yeah, everywhere. I mean, r- really all over the place. Yeah, so. Zurich, I was working with a client in Zurich this morning on Skype. So we're really, we're yeah, my very, buddy, very international. Um, uh, Matt at the Musket Room was telling me that he had gone back to New Zealand and there was some some other chef at like this tiny little corner of New Zealand that was wearing was all decked out until it and he thought it was like the coolest thing. <laughs> it was pretty real, neat. Yeah. It is very cool. Yeah. I, I I didn't know you were 
that around the world already. I figured it would be coming, but yeah, no, you're already there. It's been exciting. There. And just with even having the show, remember the past year, it's fun because when people come and visit New York, um, we see like chefs and hospitality people come and visit New York and they'll do sort of this little like downtown circle where they'll, they'll like go to J.B. Prince, they'll come to Tillet, and they'll, they'll go to Corinne for knives. Yeah. <laughs> they do this little fun. We're just glad they come out before Corinne, which yeah. would probably be broke, but <laughs> they yeah. switched that order up. Well, that's cool. It's kind of it's 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 it makes sense. It's kind of like going on a food crawl, but for like exactly a, um, chef needs yeah. instead. Exactly. Okay, great. We're gonna take another break, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk. Um, well, first, we're gonna do my speed round game, and then we're gonna talk industry news. So, it's all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests are Alex McCreary and Jenny Goodman of Tillet Chef Goods. It's time for my speed round game. So what this is, is I name two or more things. It's either or type situation, and you just pick your preference. So, Got it. Okay, so here we go. Okay. Eat in or eat out? Out. I would say in, but okay. <laughs> well, you don't have to agree. Okay. Right. Even, but, or wait, may, maybe for marriage sake, you should agree, okay. but, but you don't have to. You don't we have to agree. I can go out. No. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes I like to go out and he's happy to stay in, so it's okay. It works. Okay. <laughs> How about wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wine. Cocktail for me. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. A la carte. Small plates or large plates? I like, I like small plates. That way you can have more. Yeah, I say small. Okay. Communal table or chef's counter? Counter. Sh- counter, yeah. You guys, guys are <laughs> long, just fine. <laughs> Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Ooh. Hot topic. Hot topic. Hot topic. Sure. Um, you go ahead. I'm sort of liking the all-inclusive. I li- yeah, I agree. I think it's... It makes sense. Yeah, it, it alleviates the stress of... Of, of doing it, it's it's nice to to sign the bill when you're done. It's, I think there's a, a lot of benefits in it. I think that um, it, it, I think it, it it levels the playing field and, and helps the people in the restaurants. And as long as that's working, then I'm all for it. 
Yeah. yeah. Danny yeah. Meyer would agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about full body aprons or waist aprons? Ooh, full body for Full me. body, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the bib is definitely the, the trend, the trend item right now. I would say yeah. a bib apron. Plus, the, the, the point of the apron is protection. To so keep like, it clean. Or not have full protection. Yeah, and for my front of the house peeps, it hides your hides your wrinkled shirt that you forgot to iron. <laughs> You're you, running you guys, away. You guys just... Awesome. You just said like four reasons yeah. why. Very Definitely good bad. reasons. Definitely yes, bad. defending the answer. Perfect. <laughs> okay, a few more. Cooking or being cooked for by the other one? Oh, Ooh. I like to be cooked for, obviously, because I married a chef. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cooking. This is, this is for the two of us. Yeah, for the two of you. I don't know. I no figured it would be a fun one. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, no, definitely. No, because there are... I've, there are sometimes chefs who, who say, you know, they don't want to cook at home because, or, you know, they like being cooked for, even though maybe the other person is intimidated to cook for them. But Yeah, I, could, I mean, I cook a lot more at home now. Ask, ask yeah. me five years ago, I definitely okay. would have said yeah. cooked for, but yeah. today, uh, like different to Different time. Yeah. He still says ordering pizza abroad all, though. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay, how about cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Dessert. And Manhattan or Brooklyn? We're Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, we're Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I love Brooklyn. Don't get me wrong. Love Brooklyn. Um, we're actually Manhattan made. I, I feel like a lot of people get the impression that we're Brooklyn made. You but. know, I was confused too, and <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I did. I tweeted or something uh, Brooklyn because I think maybe I thought because your um, your truck was in the Brooklyn, truck was in Brooklyn, right, but right. yeah. Um, no, well, the yeah. cool stuff really actually is in Brooklyn, so I actually True. take it as like a um, it's flattering. I, right. I take it yeah. as like a right, like I'm flattered yeah. because like all the really hip stuff does come out of Brooklyn, not Manhattan, but yeah, Manhattan yeah. made. Yep, Manhattan. Yeah. That's a nice ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was the game. You guys did very well. well it was passed. fun. We passed. <laughs> you did pass. <laughs> so industry news. So the big news this week it was the James Beard Foundation Awards. It was the chef. And Restaurant Awards took place in Chicago just two days ago in at the Lyric Opera House. Um, it was hosted by Carla Hall of the Chew, and I was there. Um, it was it was it was exciting, and the New York Times had an article by Jeff Gordonier, who was also there, and his the title was "Women Dominate the Beard Awards," and uh, there were a lot of uh, women who won uh, the major ones, so. Um, couple of them were outstanding chef Susan Goyne and, and I how do you her the name of her restaurant is it Luke's Luke Lucas I know I I'm gonna ask the wrong I don't know I yeah, think I'm sorry. saying it wrong but it's it's awesome she got she's been nominated I think they said eight times like she's a lot industry a, a lot. long time and she works hard yeah too. yeah, yeah. So very awesome. excited that that she won that and then rising star chef went to Daniela Soto Ines as Cosme in New York City mm-hmm. An outstanding pastry chef went to Dahlia Narvaz of Osteria Moza in L.A. So apparently those three awards haven't gone to three women since 2004. So it's been a while, but... Yeah, and Joanne Chang, one outstanding and baker, who's an awesome, who's also a customer that we've worked with and oh, really? collaborated from, yeah, with from Boston. Boston. So we were super excited for her. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I think these are major awards and I think it's great testament to the women are staying I think in the industry for longer than they used to and holding higher positions so it's good to see recognition yeah and um I mean a lot of New York did very well um 
Outstanding Bar Program went to Mason Premier. Outstanding Restaurateur went to Ked Friedman of the Spotted Pig and Salvation Burger. And Outstanding Service went to Daniel Hume and Will Gudera of 11 Madison Park. Um, and Jonathan Waxman won it for the best chef in New York City. And uh, on a different note, Alan Shia, New Orleans, got... Yeah, um, New Orleans got uh, his category was the best new restaurant so and I've been seeing a lot of him lately too because he he's kind of on the festival circuit that I've been on yeah but um yeah they're they're doing a really good job the restaurant's great I mean it's um that was a good category this year that was probably a tough one yeah, it was the Wild Air guys were for that one. It was, yeah. it, I mean, a lot of these you look at, you look at the category, and I mean, everyone's deserving. Well, obviously they've been nominated, right. but it's very hard to predict who's who's going to actually get it. Um, yeah, I mean, we we work with a lot of the a lot of the people that are some of the people that are winners, some of the people that were nominated, and it's hard to. I mean, they're they're all amazing. They all deserve it. They all work their butts off. Um, yeah, I mean, you were, yeah, you were telling me before the show you work with with Cosme a bit. Yes, we did aprons and some. Yeah, we worked with Danielle a bit, and we, it was um, we actually got to see the the kitchen and, and stuff before they opened. One of the perks of, of our gig is that we're usually in their restaurants for the most part three to six months before they actually open, so we get to see the progress Preview. a little bit. Um, and meeting meeting her and, and when she and when she did walk us through, it was it was pretty neat because her energy and and her dedication to like to every detail even even the details six months before they even had a diner in their in their dining room were, were pretty uh remarkable to see and, and aspirational for other for other chefs out there yeah her and and for Dan, daniela um her first she was the first one to to receive an award she went up on stage she was really cute she's just like thank you that's all I got and so he just <laughs> dashed off because um, they actually kept on time this year I've okay. been before where it's gone to about four hours but they were under three it was very smooth running it was a great ceremony and um and a, a highlight, also another New Orleans highlight, was Lifetime Achievement went to Leah Chase. Yeah. Mm-hmm, from Dupy Chase, yeah. And she kind of stole the show with her with her speech. Uh, she was She's 93 years old, and she's like, uh, she said, this gives me courage to keep going for about 10 or 12 more years, is what she said. <laughs> She'll probably do it. No. She's like a dynamo. <laughs> She'll probably no do doubt. it. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, some more highlights I'll just wrap up for me where I've I've done solo dining at Grace Curtis Duffy who won at his restaurant and also at um, John Shook and Vinny Dotolo of Animal and Son of a Gun in LA they both won as well and solo dining experiences and um, there were many parties after parties there were Broken Shaker River Roast uh, Big Star was a big one happening uh, the last night everyone was out they were like kicking us out at like two in the morning. Did you have the walking taco though, because that thing is. Unreal. I had. Yeah. I don't know if that was the, but they had their truck set up on the outside, and I did have a taco. Um, they have, right like, the before they closed. Thing though, that's like the yeah, that's cool. Will be the perfect two a.m. snack. Oh I yeah, think. I yeah I I don't I don't know I think they were doing I don't know if they were the standard ones they typically do on the on on the menu, but it was a good party. I'm sure. It was a little chilly in Chicago, but they had the heat lamps out, so we were we were just hanging out and uh yeah, it was a great scene. I mean Chicago really goes all out to to welcome the Beard Awards and it's gonna be there again next year. And I think I will be back. What about you guys? You wanna go? 
Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. Do you think Chicago does a, a different job? Do you think it's much different in Chicago than it is in New York? I think because they were so excited for us, the the Beard Awards, to be there, that every restaurant really has gone out to have parties. And so um, Sunday, we just hopped between parties, whereas in when it had been in New York, it was Chef's Night Out and then the, the awards and after parties. And, and they still did a, a fabulous Chef's Night Out. They really have a, uh, do a great job with it. But it just felt like the whole... Like, everyone there is... You kind of are doing, like, two days' worth of a gala party festival. So I think right. Chicago does a really nice job with it. I think they're excited to have have everyone in town. And um, and the dining scene's really strong there now. Yeah, very strong. Love to check it out next year. Well, do you have, do you have um, any clients in Chicago? We do. So we work with Momotaro in Chicago um, and Andrew Zimmerman from Sepi has been a customer for a long time. A great customer, yeah. So and the, um, the Posies were really excited for their upcoming project, David and, and Anna um, that were at Blackbird and Publican respectively okay. have a new project and we're doing something that's a little under the wraps for right now, but <laughs> okay. it's going to be a really neat, um, Stay tuned. Stay a really tuned. neat project that with, with those guys. Anna's a, is a great artist besides being a chef. Um, and so she's working something in a, in a, a new clothing item. Yeah. So that'll it'll, be, it'll be fun. Okay. So one of her pieces of art essentially will be incorporated into the design of, of, a, yeah. of a wear, it'll be a wearable piece of art, so to speak. Yeah. So. Wow. Really cool. Um, yeah, I. The last thing I'll note is I was in the press room during this, and I, I did, I did, I did an interview with Ron Cooper, who won for Outstanding Wine and Beer Spirits Professional, and he basically has put mezcal on the cocktail map. Um, so I, I'm at some point I, I'm hoping to play that back and turn that into an episode. He was very happy for him. I'm very happy for all the all the winners. Yeah, I mean, amazing. really yeah, hardworking amazing. individuals, and it was just it was great to be there and see see people honored for their hard work and talent so the other news i had was just we'll quickly talk about in food republic there was an article the rise of the solo diner by julia bainbridge and i was actually quoted in this talking about um a reservation i had had at banu in san francisco i tried to make it from four people to one and go solo and they actually wouldn't take a solo diner on a friday or saturday night so i ended up not going there i ended up going to sazon <laughs> which was fantastic but um anyways this is or the the article the the subtitle was dining alone isn't as awkward as it used to be and i think um I've been solo dining now for a while, but I think a lot more people are doing it too. Um, how do you guys feel about solo dining? I mean, I think it's, you, you do it a lot at lunch. Like I do it's a lot, nice to yeah. take like a break and go and sit at like you know, there's like a local ramen bar that will go and just you know have a quick bowl of ramen or take like a mental break and just chill out and watch the action of what's going on. And yeah, sometimes it's nice to be able to just focus on the food by yourself or or the kitchen or the people that are there or. Um, it doesn't. I feel like it's. It feels more comfortable today than it used to. Um, there's there's more yeah. bars. There's more counter seats at restaurants now, which I feel comfortable at. I mean, I we sit at counter seats together as well. Um, it it just feels more inviting, some kind of way to be part of whatever's going on behind the the bar or the, or the kitchen counter. Yeah, um, that's true. Plus, you always got your phone now for backup. So. Yeah, no, that was that was <laughs> um, Boca Restaurant Group from Chicago, um, Kevin. 
Boehm, if I'm saying his right, name right. And he was he was nominated um, this year too. Um, and I went to Boca. Anyways, um, he he was talking about uh, how people now everyone has their smartphone, and so yeah. it's and it's true. It makes it it's like you're not really alone. Yeah, if you you're with your phone, you see couples dining <laughs> together, and all they're doing is looking at their phones too. So yeah. like sometimes it's really different. But but I think it's with like how chefware has changed. It is the design of restaurants has Definitely. has changed a bit to to be more welcoming yeah, to, to, used to yeah counters and solo diners. Yeah, it used to be the only solo seats were at the bar. So right. like I remember from traveling days alone, and now it's like you can go into like Pasquale Jones has a great counter seat all along and you can see all the action from the kitchen and I, all the, so it's a, I mean yeah. I yeah it's a great yeah. place it to go so the interaction and mm-hmm. I think yeah. this is nice it almost makes it like you're you know you're not just going to sit and be, you're actually being part of the show so it's more of a community kind of mm-hmm. interaction thing right well many thanks to Julia for including me in that anyone wants to check it out it's at Food Republic and also for the James Beard Awards you can go to their website uh, beardfoundation.org and and get a whole list of of the winners there and now we're going to take one more break and come back I'm going to do my solo dining experience it's all in the industry Heritage Radio Network Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience, which this week is at Parachute. Here's the rundown. Location, 3500 North Elston Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. The concept, a funky, chic place serving modern, creative, Korean, American fare, plus wine and cocktails. The chefs and owners, wife and husband team, Beverly Kim and John Clark. Why did I go? because I was in Chicago for the Beard Awards and I'd heard wonderful things about it. So my experience. So I had a 9.30 p.m. reservation. I restaurant hopped a bit before. I went to Boca and then I stopped by uh, Matthias Merges's bar, Billy Sunday. Both very cool spots. I had good experiences. And then I went to Parachute. What did I get? I had the smoked carrots with peanuts and mint and the slow-cooked beef, short ribs, fiddlehead firms, quail eggs, and Hawaiian ago. My take. Carrots were flavorful and delicious. I especially like the nuts with them. And the short ribs were the perfect comfort food on a somewhat chilly and rainy Chicago night. I also have noticed fiddlehead ferns to be on a lot of menus, so I'm calling them the new ramps. I don't know if I'm the only one, but... They were Actually, they were at Pascali Jones. They've been, yep. they've been around, these fiddlehead ferns. So that's the, my trend spotting. Okay, the scene was an energetic, casual atmosphere with lots of groups. And it was busy pretty late, especially for Chicago. I'd say it's perfect for a fun night out with friends because there's communal-style seating and shareable dishes. Interesting tidbits. Parachute was nominated as James Beard Best New Restaurant in 2015. That category had gone to Batard. That was last year. And the name Parachute represents an open mind being free-flowing and turning negatives to positives. 
Personal fun fact. I ran into many attendees at this restaurant, including Beard Foundation's VP Mitchell Davis, Siobhan Flaherty, who runs the Chef Night Out, and Renee Erickson, who won Best Chef Northwest for Walrus and Carpenter, another female winner. The cost was $46, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, I would. Their website is parachuterestaurant.com. As I'm like going through this, I'm like, I wonder if you style their, their <laughs> chefware. Maybe down the road. Maybe down the road. Or if yeah, you're not <laughs> <laughs> Open kitchens because there's more exposure too, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so final question. Next week, I'm having on Katie Parla. She is a Rome-based food and beverage educator and journalist who has a new book called Tasting Rome. So, Alex and Jenny, can you ask a question for Katie? Yes. So, we looked at her website and drooled over all the lovely things there, including her new book. So, I saw she was on a book tour and was curious in the United States. um, That since she's been traveling, or Katie, since you've been traveling in the U.S. on your book tour... Are there any food trends that you're spotting um, in the states that have long been part of, say, like the Roman culinary landscape? Great question. I will find out. She's she's like created this awesome, awesome career where she's based in Rome and she's like become the expert there. And now she's a book. She travels a lot. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I think um, I'm excited to hear how she how she was able to do this, you know, and get to where she is. But um, thank you guys so much for thank coming you so on the much show. For having us. This was really we fun. Really thank you. It. Yeah, no, I'm really glad I met you, and I I think what you're doing is is really awesome. And congratulations. I I wish you the best. And um, yeah, just keep keep at it. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much. So. To find these fabulous people, I've been talking to Alex McCreary and Jenny Goodman of Tillit Chef Goods. Their website is tillitchefgoods.com. On Twitter, it's tillitnyc and Instagram, tillit underscore chef underscore goods. Right? That's yeah. it. Cool. I'm at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR at All Industry and at Heritage underscore radio. My Facebook page is all in the industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. And I feel like I said James Beard website wrong, so I'm going to say it now again. It's JamesBeard.org if I did say it wrong. And if you miss any live broadcasts, you can always find us at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on Stitcher and iTunes. Tune in next week, 4 o'clock Wednesday. I will be back with Katie Parla. Thanks to my engineer, Jack. And thanks again to Alex and Jenny. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening and being part of All in the Industry. I'm Sherry Bayer. Till next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Everybody gets broke.